and welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. I'm John. I'm Gonzo. And that's Kathy. I'm late, apparently. <laughs> He's John. I'm Gonzo. And that's Kathy. <laughs> so, welcome to episode 160. Yes. One sixty. It's amazing. I, I I was thinking about this. I was like, "We're episode you, episode one hundred and sixty. I can't believe that we've done a hundred and sixty episodes of the podcast, not counting Kathy's streams." Um, I checked and I was looking at our um, SoundCloud account where we store you know all the audio. Uh, for people who can listen there on the road and everything. And we've got over 360 episodes on our SoundCloud podcast audio streams. Of, of various things. We have the podcast. And what else do we have on there, Gonzo? Uh, we have the podcast. We have also John's old campaign of Adventures of Sewer Bear. Uh, is always still on there. worth listening to. Always yep. worth revisiting. Um, Mediocre Trouble in the Big Easy. Yep. Um, I also have my Star Wars RPG on there. Um, uh, what was it? Rise of the... Rise of the something or other. Yeah, I can't remember. It's been a while. It's been over a year. Um, Dawn of the Harbinger, not Rise of the... Dawn of the Harbinger, which was a Star Wars campaign I did. Um, and then we also have two other podcasts uh, that are under us. The, um, the guys from... Um, I can't remember anybody's name right now. Um, Minority Report. Gah! Minority Report. Um, they do stuff based on the War Machine and Hordes franchise. And then we have... Oh. <laughs> and then we have the um, newest one, which is the uh, Warcaster campaign that's going to be... Uh, the Warcaster game that's on there. Um... Oh, man, I can't remember. Crap today. Also, you're doing what I normally do. Completely I am blanking. Com completely blanking on Welcome everything. Welcome my brain. Man, my brain is just like totally, completely shut down. Uh, give me one second, because I need to make sure. Through the Void Gate. There we go. Through the Void Gate, uh, which is covering oh, the I Warcaster. And then we also have... The Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, which is mm -hmm. the newest campaign that I'm playing in. And then we have Gangs of Waterdeep, which will be releasing shortly. Uh, we're just building up some episodes, so in case something happens, we won't be able to, you know, we won't miss days. Um, There's even a little more content if you go over on YouTube, because you've got the, the start of my uh, MechWarrior Online uh, streaming. Yep. We've got two videos of that now, or one, Gonzo? One. One? Okay. Uh, there's only one because it was uh we, that was that Monday that we uh that you did it and we just ported that over recently so uh, that was there so but I was like man we've got like like I said we're on every type of audio iHeartRadio all that type of stuff it, we're all over the place she better not playing the board game Lords of Waterdeep uh yeah we talked about that too it is. Um, so, I mean, I was just surprised. We probably have, I mean, with Kathy streaming, you know, Tuesday through Friday, we've got 400 plus episodes, audios, whatever you want to call it, 
uh, underneath our belt. Uh, and doing 160 podcasts uh, is pretty, pretty big in my point, my, my opinion. So, um, John, what are you drinking tonight? Um, well, uh, apparently we're out of ice cubes. There was one, <laughs> so I had to make hard choices because uh, the other one's refreezing, the other tray. So I am drinking basically what comes to a blood uh, orange martini, just not in the fancy glass. I don't do that shit. And then I'll follow it up sounds... with some got dry ginger ale. That sounds yummy. I, it was. I did a little changes on it. A little, little tweak I... it up with the recipe, but. I want to try it. I just buy the, the stuff in the store. It's like, hey, you want to just take this and then add vodka? I'm like, all right, it seems like a plan. I can do that. <laughs> uh, Gonzo, what are you drinking? Uh, I am having my Old Faithful of Winter Grind Coffee Stout. I was going to say, your Old Faithful's Maker's Mark. Yeah, that is true, too. But I'm kind of trying to get off of the hard stuff for a little bit and drink casually some beer. Casual beer. Casually. I mean, you can drink hard stuff casually. Yeah, I can. I should. But I was just running in there and I had to get it real quick, so it was the beer. Kathy, what are you drinking today? I'm I'm drinking uh, a Pinot Noir. Oh shit! What? We had lamb chops last night, Holy and moly. Jim got wine. So yeah, Kathy being wine. all bougie over there. Bougie, bougie, bougie. Super fancy. <laughs> I'm drinking it in this cup. <laughs> All right, never mind. Bo- bougie drink in a coffee cup. <laughs> well, we can call it bougie, so just but not bourgeois. Yeah. <laughs> That's so not bougie. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh. uh, do we have any shout outs this week? Uh, there's the gaming one that you two know. Uh, I don't know of any others of that have come across my. Uh... I don't know any other ones, uh, and I, I don't know much about the one that we we're talking about—the gaming one, the Elric's Hobbies. Um, so I have no clue about that. I just saw that come up on my feed one time. I think it was the. Oh, I know him. Oh, well then, go ahead. I, Kathy. I know the the Elric's Hobbies people because they're they're a staple at Adepticon, and both Steve and Tony. Uh, volunteered their asses off just like some of the rest of us to uh to help make adepticon happen and uh, it's tony maldonado who passed away this week uh it's him and steve view together own elric's hobbies so they make basing and terrain and and stuff so that was that was a uh sad news that's the only thing I know about. Um, so, guys, we um, we appreciate you coming in and watching and listening and following us on all the different platforms. It's uh, it's quite humbling um, to see that. Uh, I like jumping in on Kathy's stream every so often and kind of rile up some feathers because uh, it's... Giving me shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't have it any other way. No, and, and also jumping in on uh, Mizzy's computer when she's not looking to give her a little bit of crap. <laughs> um, I know when it's for... not Mizzy, though. Yeah, of course. Um, it, it, it's pretty awesome to see people jump in on Kathy's stream and um, have a good time. I, I really appreciate that. And with John now doing uh, Mech Warrior, it's 
it's kind of cool, guys. I'm really happy. It, it makes me smile seeing y'all stream and doing stuff. So, um, guys, from all of us to all of y'all, cheers. 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 That's tasty. Yours actually does sound tasty. It is. It really is. Hmm. All right, so I'm going to switch over to the paint cam. Um, and... We'll fix that. And everything. You like the sound effects? Yeah, it's professional as fuck. <laughs> Hashtag pro streamer. <laughs> Hashtag pro pro. Why does that... What is this guy shooting out of his front? I he, mean... Lasers? Like your garbage pail kid card. I mean, it has to be, right? <laughs> it does. It's, the robot just overfilled. And blah, blah, blah. It's uh, hydraulic fluid. <laughs> oh, well, it's some type of... Note, oh, gosh. I don't know what Don's talking about. I did open a pack oh, that of garbage pail kid stickers uh, on the stream Friday. Ooh, something's wrong with my camera. Let me see. Yeah, it's, it's super laggy. Yeah, let me uh, change some properties because that's bad. Oh Russ, that is a great idea. What's Russ say? You need one of those cat ears headsets so that when you're upside down, it looks like you're a bat in a tree. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> okay, that's better. So let me. That would be cool. All right, someone buy me some cat ears headphones. It's the Rob. Wait, it's the Rob orgasm on your screen. Oh, pink cat ear headphones. Cat's music. That's that's. They 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 could level. be pink, and that would be cool. However, it would be less bat like. I mean. So I think it'd be okay. Well, yeah, maybe. So somebody send Gonzo pink uh, cat ear headphones. I'm all for I it. I'll wear them. Encountered error. Let me refresh. Gonzo's still setting it up. Apparently, his cameras are having a bad day. Yeah, I should have tested that. Um, okay. Zoom. The inside of Bat's ears are pink, says Rush. Rush, just paint the outside black. That seems fair. I was turning Gonzo into an e-girl with the oohs. <laughs> yeah, me, I'm bot. Yeah. There we go. How's that? And the stutter is you no more. Just, you could just take you back to our faces if uh, if this part's not working for you and still work on your guy. And no, I, I got it. I just had to uh, reconfigure. I had to I had it ch custom settings to try to do some HD stuff. And I guess the... HD? Yeah. Why? So. Look, Why well, on earth would you be wanting to do it in HD? Just to give it really cool looking. No. It makes it worse. <laughs> Look, look at that. Look at that cool laser beams. So, 
to do this, you have to take off that piece and then you can put on the other piece. And then you can actually, this is what I'm probably gonna put on here and leave it on there. So like the cool thing is these little laser wheels. Yeah. <laughs> so let's turn the light off so it doesn't blind everybody. I mean, you know your camera actually adjusts for that, so you're not gonna blind anyone. It's not actually super bright. I yeah, know. I mean, I'm trying to be silly. I was gonna say I watch YouTube feed where a guy like welds on camera, and I'm like, that's fine because it's the camera really does. not the same as being there live. Indeed. I mean, but I got him completely put together. Everything was done. Uh, no issues. Uh, got all the weapons, even the little lasers on the sides here that go and stuff, and then got it all set up. So what I'm planning on doing. I'm going to take this. I'm going to take them apart. Because we're going to panel line them. Ooh. Rip them down to his base elements. Ha-ha! Panel lining. I figured I could panel line it, and then I'll do the stickers later. Because I do I have some stickers. try that with this, with this Gundam that I've got here. Well, I also, like I said, I did buy the, um, that candy coated, that candy coat paint, which I'm going to use on that one that, uh, I was told to get and try out. Um, which candy coat? The uh, badger candy coat? No, I got the green stuff candy coat because I was oh, trying okay. to get some of that special stuff. And I was like, oh, I'll just get that while I'm here and buy that too. Um, type thing. So. Gonna shake all this up. Shake, shake, shake. Well, that. Hold on. I want to put some stuff away. Might have to consult my friend Gil, the Styrene Syndicate. I love that group. I love the name of that group. I'm like, <laughs> the Styrene Syndicate. Hey. Find them on Facebook. They're they're mainly scale modelers. They have a ton of knowledge about all kinds of stuff like that. For change, I might actually do a little bit of hobby. I had to do some touch-ups late uh, last time I hobby, and I want to get the uh, wash on so it has a full chance to dry. So, all right. So I'm gonna use the panel line as the Tommy L one. So let's see. Ooh. Can you zoom in yeah. with your camera? Oh, hey, you know what's a smart idea? It's a good call, Wait, Kathy. Let me, uh, let me expand the thing. No, I mean, it, it probably does need to. Um, I just have to go to properties. Maybe. Give me a second. I just have to go to the camera settings and do it. Uh-huh. My monitor kind of. Legionaris' Malifaux still has the best name in their in game world, the Department of Ungentlemanly Affairs. Well, that's actually <laughs> based off an actual British uh, World War II department, the Department of Ungentlemanly Warfare that Christopher Lee was a part of. Really? That's a hell of a read if you look some, listen to some of that. Wow. Oh, yeah. Did so, not know that. I think that. Happy. Yeah, look, I did some. some 
turquoise on this boyo. Well, the red was blending in too much with all, you know, the bronze and the orange and everything. It was just too dull. So the only other color I use a lot of is turquoise. So there's the turquoise. Well, I like turquoise. How's that, I Kathy? Know. How's that showing up my camera? I guess it's okay. I need more light. All right, let's... Oh, that looks better, Gonzo. Okay. Get my glasses back on. So this week... Uh, you know, I was talking about stuff, and then I saw what happened to Kathy, and I was like, that's a perfect thing, because also someone else asked a question on how to fix a model, and how to get something done, and how to do this, and how to do that on things that you mess up on. And I was like, that would make a great episode. So, Kathy, what happened to you this week on your model? So, this week, I was putting together... This 75 millimeter beast of a model from uh, Reaper. This is their. Now I don't know if you can see it because I'm small in the corner, but this is their uh, their punk girl, their cyberpunk girl, which is which is also better known as uh, Scarlet Somebody Dust Something Cyberite Cyberist. It's got a long ass name. So I just call her the, the cyber girl. She comes in the Reaper, uh, the Reaper Virtual Expo punk box. It's like a bundle of stuff that she gets, minis and paints and, and a bunch of other stuff. And uh, so this is 75 millimeters and it is metal. So it's heavy, heavier than all the other stuff that I've been working with. Um. And I can't just attach it to one of my little uh, bottle caps, obviously. So I don't really have anywhere to, to hang on to except this skinny little base. Because um, I don't have any of the fancy hobby holders. Uh-oh, I got these some fancy hobby holders. Uh, but anyways, I had uh, this arm here. So I had to assemble it. Both arms were not attached. Uh, so it was the base and then this container was in two separate parts and then it was her legs and then her torso, her torso head was one piece and then the two arms were separate. Um, so I had to, uh, figure out how I wanted to attach her to the base because the way that they had her, she was really far forward on the base and now she's much more centered in the middle of the base. So I didn't use the little divot that was in the in the metal, and I and I, I snipped off the uh, the the little peg that was on the bottom of her foot. Which I can't believe and, you didn't uh, get my joke that I said. What joke? There's a hole in the. There's a hole in the base, dear Kathy. Dear Kathy. I did. Oh, did you? <laughs> I think I I think I saw it way after you, because you know things in the chat I end up reading out of context often. Yeah, I was like I saw that and I heard you says there's a hole in the hole in the base Unless and I was I'm like actually looking at the chat a hundred percent of the time. In which case I get nothing done. <laughs> what which, you know, happens sometimes, but. Oh, um, I feel you, Kathy. I feel you. Yeah. 
No, I just thought it was funny because any, anytime I hear it, there's a hole in something, I always think of the song. There's a hole, there's in, a hole in the bucket, dear Liza, dear Liza. There's a hole in the bucket, dear Liza, a hole. And now um, we get called like out by Twitch. For... Now. I, don't, I don't get that reference. <laughs> I literally have no idea what you guys are talking about. You don't know that song? Nope. Would you like me to sing the entire thing? Do you want to sing the entire thing? Not really. Then no, don't. Because <laughs> it's kind of long. Although it looks like Gonzo probably knows it too. I only know that part. <laughs> well, hey, Kathy, here's how old the brush I'm using is. It is a blue handle GW brush. Ooh. Oh, I have some of those. I found it. It's still got a good tip. Yeah, I've got... Where is it? I got the... Uh... I got the tank brush here. Oh, I love the tank brush. Oh, yeah, I got tank brush. I got some right handle ones, too. And then I have, uh, then I have the, uh, I have a couple other ones floating around, too. But anyways, so this one arm that's, that's lying across her, her thigh here, uh, when I originally attached it, I, I didn't know where it was supposed to go. It's not like they come with instructions. So I had it resting on the knee. So there's this little armor thing on the knee. And I had the fingers resting on that because it seemed like it fit. Even though maybe it looked a little awkward. So so I did glue and green stuff. And I attached it that way. And then I took my little sculpting tool and, you know went around and smoothed all the the green stuff out so it looked like a you know natural and not like a, a big seam mm -hmm. and uh and i left it right and i and uh then the next day I primed it and then while i was painting it on my stream i i did this sort of uh wash of a darker color i mixed like green and red together to get this nice dark color and I just did a wash mixing a little water with it and uh and I realized there was this area on the thigh that looked like I mean to me it looked like another rip in the jeans because there's there's little rips in the jeans in a few different areas so I thought oh this is another rip in the jeans but after I got my wash on there it became apparent to me that it did not look like a rip in the jeans and I couldn't I'm like what what weird thing is this supposed to be and I realized that's where the hand is supposed to rest so I knew that I had to remove the arm and and then reattach it in the correct position I realized that that I had it on wrong so I could have just left it there and filled in that little area with some green stuff or I could have faked it and maybe painted it as if it was whole in the uh, the jeans even though it didn't really look like it uh, but no no not you I Kathy took, I just took the arm snapped it off I had to I had to scrape away all the all the glue and green stuff that was on there on both the both contact points uh, because you you never want to glue fresh glue over old glue. 
when something breaks off. You want to take a uh, your hobby knife or a file or a wood carving tool or something and scrape away until you get that clean metal surface on both of the connecting points and start over. And so I had to do that, and I was trying to do that without scraping paint off of the rest of the arm or the rest of the model. Mm-hmm. And then I had to also scrape the primer off of the hand, and I had to scrape it off of the thigh because you you also don't want to glue primer to primer because that's pointless. Yeah, it's a very weak bone. It's it's incredibly weak because now, you know, the hand is going to detach the the paint is going to detach from the model. You know, it's not going to stay. Yeah. So I needed to scrape off that so that I had a metal to metal contact again right there and uh was i happy that i had to do this hell no i wasn't happy in i mean but relatively easy fix you know things like this just happen they every model that you're working on you're gonna screw up you you just have to know that at some point there's going to be a thing you screw up on and you're going to have to fix it. You may not know exactly what that's going to be, but as long as you know ahead of time that, yeah, you're just going to screw something up. That's just the nature of models. You're, you're much less afraid once you realize that. And once you realize that it's not the end of the world, and it actually is pretty easy to fix these things, even if it does take a little extra time. And once you get that mentality, it's it just eliminates a bit of the uh, the stress, you know, the trepidation that happens when we've all been there. We've all been there where we've got a model and we're afraid to screw it up. So we just don't paint it ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, we've all had those models. Uh, but once you realize that you're always going to screw something up on every model you work on and, you know, don't beat yourself up about it and just know that you can fix it and you don't have to strip it. You don't have to strip every model when you screw things up. So when should we strip and when should we not strip? I never strip. The only, okay, I won't say never. The only time I will strip a model is if I get something from uh, from eBay or, you know, from a friend who's maybe not as skilled at, at the hobby who, who just likes to do things like slap a light color on and then dip it in Minwax. Or it's covered in, you know, way oversprayed primer so that it fills all the details in because they didn't know what they were doing. And then they sell the stuff on eBay. Um, That's the only time that I will strip something. Ever. If I don't like a paint scheme that I'm working on, I just paint over it. Because I know that I didn't put, you know, a millimeter thick coat of paint on there. There's no reason for me to strip that model. I can just paint over it. That way I don't even have to prime it again. Just think of it as a colored primer that you're painting over. 
Now, I'll occasionally take some acetone and a Q-tip and take the paint off somewhere if it's a fine detail part or something just because I want to do it right. And it takes me a couple seconds to do that, then reprime it, whatevs. You know. But, yeah, most things you can just paint over. So, something happened to um, Captain Mizzy while we were on stream last week. And it was breaking glue bonds. How do we break glue bonds whenever it is a metal miniature? Without damaging it. In the freezer? It. Yeah, okay, go ahead, sorry. Put it in the freezer? And acetone? <laughs> I mean, shit. Acetone Both those things? I mean, if you if you put it in the freezer, then the, the things expand and contract and boom, you know. Then you can just snap things off. You could be like me, where I did super glue and green stuff on this arm, and I just used brute force. You can use brute force, too. Give it a little knife in between the seam, if it's any there at all. And Like in your case, you carve out a little uh, green stuff, get a knife in there. You can probably just slowly wedge it and, and get it out. Yeah. yeah, you could do that. I mean, I just took my fingers and ripped the thing off, but if that doesn't work, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hobby knife. Or wood carving tool. Or wood carving tools for me are a bit less dangerous than hobby knives in certain instances. In certain instances, they just work just as good as a hobby knife, but are less fragile. I would also suggest the acetone before the hobby tools because yes, it, yeah, just go and take care of it, and then wash it off afterwards. You get all the uh, stuff off. <laughs> You're fine. Russ says it's hard to freeze or brute force when it's your hand super glued. Acetone. Takes that shit right off. <laughs> Nail polish remover because it's acetone. Yes. We used to, I don't know. I've never got that much glue on me. Oh. I have. Oh, yeah. Numerous times. Missy says I stabbed myself while trying to fix that model, by the way. I'm so sorry. Oh. Here's a, where is it? Here's another thing that I like to use that prevents the stabby stab. And, uh, and that's the rubber block. This, this is a hard rubber jeweler's block. And they come in a bunch of different shapes. They have round ones, they have rectangular ones, they have square ones, they have thin, thick. Uh, I got this on Amazon and, uh, so what you do is you can you can put the model on it and you can press down and dig into it. You can you can stab into this thing and you're fine. We we use razor saws on them. I mean on models and everything you you just you put it on here and it's not gonna it's not gonna scrape the model like trying to put it on the, the hard tabletop. I mean, it's not a soft thing, but it has a little bit of give. Plus, you can stab into it, and it's going to stick in there. It's not going to glance off the rubber. Uh, it's just a very handy tool for, you know, giving you a little extra leverage so that you're less likely to have an accident like that. So what happens if the model is plastic and you've used super glue and not, you know, plastic glue? Acetone. Just make sure you wash it off afterwards. It'll 
break that bond and before it starts doing anything bad to the plastic or in Legionnaire's case, since he mentioned it, resin, you just wash it off. It'll be fine. You can trust me. Because, I mean, literally, now, acid will melt plastic, but it takes time. It's not like you touch it and, like, <laughs> melting like in the movies and shit. No. Not like when you put it on styrofoam. Not like when you put it on styrofoam. <laughs> no. But, so you can literally just, just take it and either, you know, apply it to the bond, I suggest, with a Q-tip. Um, you can even get, if you're, if you're need to get in there, you can even get it on, dip your hobby knife in it and then get your hobby knife in that bond, in that area, saw in a little bit to get it down in there, let it sit for a bit. Then after you're done, just break it apart and then wash it after you're done afterwards. Like literally you have to dunk this shit in acetone before it becomes a real big problem. Yeah. That is a very good idea because I have not... I've not yet had an instance where I've had to take something apart like that for plastic or uh, or super glue, or I mean re- resin. I feel pretty lucky about that. Um, <laughs> either that, or I've just sawed it off and repositioned it and green stuffed the the joint a little bit, um, which is also something you can do if the other things don't seem to work. Yes. And I will tell Legionnaires, he said it was the the wall, it was the ball socket of a wall of a warjack. That is the hardest thing to do, because it's so much glue. You're gonna have to get it down there. You're gonna have to let it sit for a bit, and you're gonna have to use a little brute force to boot. <clears throat> Russ says it's the main reason I don't use plastic glue anymore, as super glue is undoable even years later. Or, yeah. Oh yeah. Plastic I mean, glue is. Yeah, that pretty much is permanent forever. Oh, you, just... you can fix it, but now you're converting the model. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, a... you, you can fix it, but you're not going to break the bond. No. I mean, you might, but your best bet is to, if you're trying to break the bond, get your hobby knife in that bond. You're probably going to cut the bond, which will be okay. Um, or just find a good point to cut it so you can repose it. Remember, yeah. it's plastic, so you might even be able to heat it up and repose it. Just remember to shock it with cold water after you're done heating it and reposing it. Hold a new position, shock it in there. You might be able to get it done. Mizzy says, I tried the nail polish remover, but I don't think I used enough because I was worried about messing up the model. I ended up using green stuff to fill the gap and then bent the feet into place. Then I glued the poles in their holes wrong, so he was leaning over the wrong way. Built up some height with the green stuff I had left from the leg. Yeah, I mean, you, you honestly I think at a certain point, if your model is together wrong and messed up, it up just you just convert it then. Pinning is your friend. Yeah. As soon as you need to start converting something, pin it. I have a well, I don't have any more, but I had an Elysian drop troop from Forge World where I didn't like the way it went together. So literally, I sawed his leg right below the knee. And just made a pin, and I green stuffed the gap in there, made him a whole new pose, and he looked great. Like the guy who ended up getting those for me, like primed him and said, "I couldn't even tell which one you modified if I didn't know." I'm like, "Yep, <clears throat> correct, Russ. Yeah, you can't actually technically break a plastic through weld." Exactly. You're more there you go, Gonzo. Now you get to teach her to pin stuff. You're welcome. You need a pin vice, Captain Izzy. I think I just remember. Thing. 
if you're pinning something, get a rubber block too. Stick your thing on the rubber block and aim your pin vise into that. Otherwise, yep. you might drill a hole in your finger. You also need a pointy object of some variety. You can use a hobby knife, but that's a little sketchy because it might not work. I prefer. You know what works even better? What's that? Wood carving tool. Yeah. <laughs> um, seam scraper works because it's a, just a hardened yep. piece of metal with a tip. Just get it in there so you can poke right where you want that to go. You and just that, want like, a little a pilot hole to start yep. to get started. And don't hesitate to use like a small, like I have multiple pin vices because of years of hobbying. I keep them with different sizes. I'll put the small one in and get the small hole started. Then I'll put the next size in and go up. I mean, that's just how you do that. And says gets... he uses his pokey tool from Reaper to get the pilot hole going. That'll work also. Um, I actually, for years, used a protractor. You point the end of a protractor at. Oh, yeah. Yep. And I know there's going to be a ton of jokes for all the 12-year-olds here, but get some of this if you're going to be pinning. Because it will help your pin device go into metal and such better because it is lubrication. I did not know that. That is awesome. Uh, it's also really good if you're using a, let me go over to the other side here, and I need to move this, but a Dremel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've tried a Dremel. It didn't work well. <laughs> Dremel really needs the pilot hole more than anything and also needs the lubrication. Because that will help it go in without any of that stoppage and all that can call, cause problems. Yeah, that, that stoppage is what I had. I mean, maybe Hinton? Maybe. Um, I use the stuff that's, that's a water-based lubricant, though, because, yeah, so maybe not. Yeah, I would, I would actually not suggest it because it's water-based because it, it could, as soon as it starts to bind up, it gets hot, and that's going to not do good stuff. Leisure says, hate seeing that stuff from John. I've been using bone wax guy from a surgeon years ago for pin vice. Yeah, that'll work too. It's probably pretty much the same stuff. I just happened to... Uh... Oh, you hadn't seen that stuff. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's just the stuff I found that does it. So I'm like, you know me, I'll get the tool that's right for the job. You're doing a pin in. And it's not as important if you're just using a manual pin vice. It will help quite a bit, especially if you're using metal models. But... Um, not necessary, I think, really until you get to the Dremel level. Russ makes a good point. Slight warning, as Kathy keeps saying, woodworking tool. As a woodworker, please don't use them if you ever sharpen them properly on stones. If you slip with a properly sharpened woodworking tool, you will take your finger off if you're not careful. Let me just say, if I had woodworking tools that I used for actual woodworking... I would keep them separate from my hobby tools and never use them on metal. Yeah, I'll be honest. Uh, uh, as uh, Scotty said in Star Trek uh, Five, the right tool for the right job. You know, a dull quote-unquote uh, woodworking tool is perfect for a lot of stuff. You know, and some of the tools we use as hobbyists are meant for other things, and just make sure you use them in the right way and using the right safety precautions. Remember, if you're drilling or dremeling into resin, wear a fucking mask. It should be easy nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> also, hi, Cookie. Why a dull spoon? Because it'll hurt more. I mean, I guess you could sharpen the spoon. Depends on what you're using it for. Like grapefruit? I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. You're one of those Denny spoons. 
Those things are like... Hey, shadows over Scotland. How are you? That's a really good point, Russ. If you're you're sharpening your tools, hopefully you're aware of how sharp they are and you know to make the right precautions. I have never been sharper than a surgeon's scalpel. And I know... Not everyone knows this. As a Boy Scout, they teach you, cut the fuck away from you. I know it's easier to cut towards you a lot of times. And sometimes you can. But in general, cut the fuck away from you. Yes. I've solved a lot of problems by not cutting towards me. It may be harder. Just you may not. And honestly, if it's that hard, you're probably using the wrong tool. Even a hobby knife blade. Kathy and I went over this uh, last week. There are a lot of different hobby knife blades for different uses. So you want to make sure you're using the right hobby blade for the right use. It'll help. Maybe you need an actual saw to get through it. Maybe you should bring out your Dremel with one of its cutting discs. Just be careful with that, too. Yeah, I mean, anytime you're cutting anything, there's a chance of stabbing yourself. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. It doesn't matter what tool you use. Mm -hmm. Shadows over Scotland says spent most of Reapercon classes sharpening a straight razor. Definitely need to be careful <laughs> with that now. Yep. And, <laughs> and it's good to note that a dull blade can be more dangerous because it won't cut the way it needs to sometimes and it'll slip out and mess you up. So rotate your blades. Don't hesitate to throw them out when they're no longer good. You can tell. Trust me. Blades, hobby knife blades are super cheap. And they're, even though there are a million types of them, they're super cheap. Just get some new ones. It's a couple and bucks. And if you're like me, and you like to use a combination of both dull blades for some things and sharp blades for other things, then you've got two different exacto uh, knives that yep. also look different or have some different kind of markings or paint on them to make make so you know that they're you know which one's which. Gonna, another thing that you I'm can do. illustrate this one. I can do this one. Oh. <laughs> I absolutely will take paint and paint on the handles to uh, differentiate different tools. So I got two of these old Euro tool ones with the blue. Easy to tell. Then I got a good old standard old boyo. Look how dull that is. It's old as hell. Then I got the old GW one. Black handle, easy to tell. And then my mom just randomly bought me for this for Christmas one day. It's so just proper new Exacto one from Ace Hardware. It's just, I mean, you can have them all like this. You'll know which ones are good and not because, I mean, they're your tools. Yep. Just be careful with them. You know what they are. Put the caps back on. Put the caps back on. Always put the caps back on. And never leave them in a position where they might roll into your lap. Yep. As someone who has, and be aware of what you have in your hand, like, so this is story time, story time with John. Uh, back in my games workshop days, working a weekend, we were allowed, once we got everything done, to hobby if we wanted to. So it's a Saturday. Uh, I'm hobbying, and a phone rings, and I've got my hobby knife in, so I just go over, my finger out, and just go over and uh, hit the phone, and my other hand's over here, and I stick the knife into my hand as, I'm on the, as I hit, answer the phone. And I'm like, well, that was really fucking dumb, John. <laughs> so be aware. I mean, it's just honest mistake. You're just not even thinking about it, you know? You're just holding it, doing multitasking. I suggest of the things you can multitask while doing, 
not a hobby knife. You it you can cut yourself. It's not bueno. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Russ, uh, <laughs> lost hobby knives in your hobby. Yeah. I try to keep mine in a general area so I can find them. But yeah, the same thing with any of those things. If it's a sharp object, put the cap on, be careful with it. Um, I actually have a separate bag for my pin vices and all because with the blade, with the, uh, Got one standing up over here with the tip in it. it. It's pretty sharp. So you can hurt yourself with that. Just be careful where you put it. Um, some of them will have caps. If not, just put it in your bag. I got my hobby bag here with an extra bag inside to put all my bin vices in. So I don't accidentally hurt myself with them. There you go. I like to live dangerously. I have all my tools in a plastic case. I, I have the rest of my tools in a plastic all case. Together. All together. Um, also, I store my knives in a drawer loose. That's, except for the ones that are on the magnetic knife holder on my wall. Yeah, that's, I mean, the recipe for danger. <laughs> Keeping yourself on your toes. I don't suggest it. They they tell you in uh they tell you yeah, don't put all your knives in a drawer loose. Oh. But you know I like to live like, on the edge. I feel like Captain Mizzy redeemed <laughs> that one just for me. I was leaning over a little weird. What are we doing? Posture check. Oh, sorry. I'm sitting here. I'm like leaning over like crazy too. You probably can't even see my face. Or I, I don't think I could sit up more straight than I am right now. Yeah, it, so it's okay how you store them. You just have to be aware that you are putting yourself in more danger. I don't want you all putting yourself in danger. We love you. Yeah, I mean, I don't want anyone to hurt themselves. I mean, there's a joke in the old uh, Games Workshop, just do the academy class, where they teach kids the basics of hobbying and all. Uh, my buddy Keith Kachalian was in charge of it uh, while he was a red shirt. And they would start off every class with, you know, he shows them a tool, and they go, Mr. Keith, how'd you hurt yourself with that one? And he would tell them a story of how he hurt himself with that tool. So, I mean, hopefully they all learned. It's, it's you know, and, and don't discount other things, you know. If you're working a lot with super glue, have eye protection. I know that sounds stupid. We work super glue all the time, John. You don't need eye protection. Story time part two. In the bunker in Glen, Glen Burnie, way back in the day, there's a kid who uh, put on actual full goggles to glue his models. And, you know, not to his face, but over there, I chuckled to myself, like, that's silly, you don't need to do that. I went home, and swear to God, when I'm putting my glue on, it got a little stuck, and he squeezed, and it just, pshht, right under my glasses. And at that point, I realized, not being a religious man, the Lord was telling me something. So after cleaning them off with acetone, I uh, just, you know, made sure not to make fun of the shit like that, and I'm going to make sure I have my glasses on or something when I'm putting that shit on, because you can definitely get that shit in your eye. It's all fun and game, so somebody loses an eye. I think I'm done with story time. Oh, uh, Jetpack wants to know what pin wash is this? Gonzo. Oh. Uh, the. Hold on a second. I'm trying to get a model to stand up because it's got. Right. Uh, the one I'm using is the Tamiya, whatever, how you pronounce it, uh, panel liner, uh, black. Doing pretty good. I like it. I mean, 
I mean, yeah. they're the brand name for good hobby supplies. Yeah. Like, I remember back in the day getting catalogs. You know, my mom would buy me catalogs for stuff because if I had a catalog number, it made it so much easier for her to order shit for me. Oh, yeah. I just like look through all sorts of it and always be tummy brands. I mean, yeah. it was great. Luckily for her, I didn't start miniature gaming until I was pretty much old enough to uh, get the shit myself. Yeah, I'm thinking of doing this panel line wash on uh, on this little Gundam. I actually thought about getting it for some actual models because it's so much easier than me painting black in there and then touching up around it. That's what I did with my Warcaster models. I use this as for my Warcaster models because you know that's got that re you know that shiny metallic you know color shifting paint. Whoops, and it's easy to wipe off if I get too much on it. Ah, so it's black paint. And so I use that to get into all the little cracks and crevices. How fast does, does this dry that you notice? Uh, not very fast at all. Uh, okay. So if I make a mark on it or I mess up, I can easily use my finger and, you know, wipe it up. Uh-oh. Okay. Oh, thanks for following, Jetpacks. Yeah, thanks for the follow. Yeah, thanks for the follow. <laughs> Kathy, you know what scared the crap out of the first time it happened? The sound alerts you have. <laughs> one day when I was in Mech Warrior, uh, Ferk, uh, one of my boys from my unit, uh, subscribed. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> uh, so that was. Actually, oh, that just uh, seems. That makes it all worth it. Oh, yeah. It was good. Hey, dude. Yeah, I just was wait not. Wait till somebody wait raids you. Uh, you didn't get a raid, but did, we did get bits from Ferk also, because Ferk's mobile. <laughs> appreciate it cheers Ferk. he's probably not here right now but i appreciate that trash says i think i'm gonna pronounce it gun damn well you should everyone gun damn hey hooty hoot he is working on uh ultraman he is just panel lining him he was already assembled he ripped him apart limb from limb so he could panel line him but this is actually pretty fun. I mean, it's like a puzzle to make sure I get all that area. I mean, it's the little things that take a model from, oh, that's pretty cool, to holy crap. Yeah, there's definitely penalizing these models, because like you said, Gundam models look a whole lot better when they're painted. Yeah. Oh, Kazumi, that's cool. He was hanging out on Tuesday also. Ferk's a good dude. I like Ferk. He's a little strange at points, but aren't we all? I'm not. Yeah. I'm perfectly normal. Russ says, I didn't ask if Gonzo or Kathy has got anything in their eye before, as it could totally become something not safe for work. No. The, yeah, the answer is no. And, it's uh, pretty mundane, and yeah. Who wants to know if, uh, did you take some kid's toy? Yes, toy. he stole a kid's toy and is now paneling it, yes. This is a Bandai model, right? Yes, oh. Bandai model. Um, I think it was only about like $50 or so. So, I mean, it wasn't, you know, it was reasonably priced model. Uh, pretty easy to put together. Um, did come with a working light uh, for the eyeballs and the uh, chest piece. So, it's actually... It, Trash Rama would like to know, describe the fun level, Gonzo. Is this the type of fun where you're giggling as you're doing it? 
I mean, I don't hear him giggling, Trashorama. He's no. giggling on the inside. I'm certain of it. It's just very neat because it's actually adding quite a bit of depth to the model, which I'm really surprised at. Uh, because it's, you know, all you're doing is putting, you're not washing ink all over it. You're just putting it within the cracks and the crevices. Ow. And it's a robot like lamp. It, it's Sorry. a prestigious award. <laughs> I'm just reading the chat and they're making me laugh. So, Kathy and Guns, you didn't notice I changed my display behind me. I, you're what, correct. I did? I did not notice. Although earlier, to be fair, I was wearing my wrong glasses for looking at the computer screen, and I was wondering why I was getting a headache. So, that yeah. would be why. So let me see. This part is now. I kind of want to see that robot leg lamp as an actual thing. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to anger Mizzy, Banyan. You wouldn't like her when she's angry. Do her pants turn purple? <laughs> yes, her pants turn purple. It's always a bad sign. And they shrink about several sizes and, and suddenly become cutoffs. Was that Iron Man paraplegic edition? Hey, hey. <laughs> Don't judge. That's War Machine, not Iron Man. War Machine's the paraplegic. Still, paraplegic doesn't mean you don't have arms and legs. Fair. Just saying. I guess that would be... Uh, well, let's not get into it. That's not important, is it? And actually, technically at this point, he's quadriplegic. He ain't got any limbs. Just his head. Head and torso. So I just want to say I'm I'm looking forward to painting more on this crazy uh, 75 millimeter Cyber Girl model that I was working on this week. Plus, I'm also painting Lou, the Cthulhu, uh, which is a Reaper Bone Sylvanian. He's like a little chibi Cthulhu. <laughs> He's super cute. And, uh... So I've got that going too, and I want to paint these two things before I go back to my uh, my oil painting. I'm but I have ideas the... for okay. for the cyberpunk girl, and she's going to be all 1980s punk with, and her guns are going to be like Nerf guns, so they're going to be like they're going to be fluorescent green instead of boring, you know, black or blue steel or metallic or whatever. Yeah, Cybergirl Dices. I'm painting her as our friend and fellow streamer and miniature painter, Just Dices. Because on her stream, she painted a chibi sniper to be like me. <laughs> Including the goggles on it she did the eyes that i have on my visor <laughs> when i'm painting nice <laughs> that's, that's legit this is very cute i am looking forward to finishing this one of these two malibu models so i can break out some marvel crisis protocol and have fun with tactical debris Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> so it's i just bought the ones that were on sale and it just so happens that on sale, 
are some of the most egregious uh, examples at that point currently available of tactical debris being Wolverine, Sabretooth, and She-Hulk. The other one's Ant-Man and Wasp. They have a bunch too, but it's not as egregious for them because of how their, their characters work. It can't be a Kathy without sound in her mouth. Sand in her mouth. <laughs> That's what he said. Sound. Yeah, yeah, Manny, on on sale. Like, you know, yeah, places at sales. I look at this and go like, hey, this guy's got a bigger percentage off right now. How about I buy that one? <laughs> I always liked Beast. As far as X-Men go, and I didn't read a ton of it, I, Beast was always my favorite. Uh, this is just Amazon sale. Uh, though, if you if you want to buy bottles for that, uh, Discount Games Inc. has a very good discount on them all the time. It's actually better than buying from a miniature market for many reasons, including price. So, Trash says, that was the most excited I have ever heard anyone talk about debris. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm truly excited about it I love tactical debris like no one's business so there you go I see on the beast it looks good because it's it's appropriate and all I mean I kind of wish they'd have given you a chance in case you do different things but it's fine there's <laughs> also you know there's also hobby knives and making oh. your own stuff until you get to Fucking Iron Fist. And I'm not going to censor myself. Like, I joke that. I I saw Quicksilver. I'm like, eh, that's not good. But you can fix it. I saw Domino with her tactical explosion. And I'm like, that's really, really dumb. But I can fix it. And then they're like, here's Iron Fist, a character I truly love. And I'm like, I don't think I can fix this. Fuck you all. Because I have not been posting on their their Facebook page, just so I'm not being negative every time their model is a new level of suckage. Uh, and it's just the basis. The rest of the model is usually fine. But Iron Fist, they literally shit the bed on. There's no two ways about it. Yeah. I'm waiting. Uh, my buddy Marshall's got some ideas. He's going to convert his up, and then we'll see what he comes up with and what I can uh, can do. I don't, I'm not sure if you can fix that one. Shadows over Scotland says Beast was an Avenger for a while as well. In the comics, not in the game. I think he's an Avenger in the game also. And actually, I like him better in the Avengers than in the X-Men. He's a bit too upbeat for their normal uh, downness that the X-Men go through because of the quote-unquote serious social issues that they are often tackling. So, but I do like the Beast. I'd like to see him. I mean, they plenty of open in the Marvel movies even to get, you know, mutants and all in there and get Beast and Wonder Man and those guys are just fun together. So, we'll just see what they do. I need to paint more Marvel Crisis Protocol, but that's going to be much later because You're not gonna I, have the, I have the Reaper things once they finish these two models then i go back to my oil painting uh and i'm almost done with the busts 
I have one, two, three completely finished. I have another one almost finished. Uh, and then I have the Cthulhu one, which is now the third done. Then I have Vampira and the the deep one. Which kind of looks like uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon, sort of, a little. Fair enough. And, uh, you know, so things are progressing. Half of them are done. The other half are in progress, I guess. Cool. So, yeah. And then once that stuff is done, then who knows what else I will paint with oils. Fried chicken? No. I would not suggest painting fried chicken in oils. Yeah. Eat the fried chicken. Don't paint it. Oh, I want fried chicken now. Me too, but... Can I get fried chicken from Popeye's with some biscuits? I mean, I could. They're still open. They're right down the street. Mm. I bet there's no line at the drive-thru this hour. I don't have anything right down the street from me. I mean... Well, Trash, I mean, I'll tell you not to paint chicken, but you ain't got to listen to me. I'm not your real daddy. No, dry. Now we all want food. Because <laughs> it was long enough in podcast we hadn't talked about food. So yeah, we eventually will talk about food somewhere. There in is, uh, you don't have Discord. No, we decided not to do a Discord. We tried it at one time and it just was a hassle and nobody liked it. And nobody posted. I don't know if it was a hassle and nobody liked it so much as back then at the time we didn't really know what to do with it yeah because it was it was a while back it was what was it a couple years ago yeah yeah maybe when we first started out we three years ago maybe it was now everybody's got one at the time you didn't see them all over the place like we do now but yeah they're everywhere i have so many i just put some in a subgroup that i don't check too often yep like every Patreon's like, hey, and you get to Discord. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> thank it's you. that time. It is. It's, it's eight oh three. It's the media section. No, it's everybody. not. It's nine oh three. It's yeah. I got a splinter or something in my hand. Don't get splinters in your hands. Give me a second. Uh, honest, it is another good use for hobby tools. You get splinter in your finger. Hobby tools get that shit right out. We lot always talk food when it's 2 a.m. You're correct, Russ. Cookie says, what are you talking about tonight? Uh, food, well, apparently. <laughs> we have somewhat of, I'm sure we have somewhat of variety, because Kathy's is already a variety. I have some little bits here and there, and Lord knows Gonzo watched all the things. All the things plus one. Unless he's assigned to them, then he might skip them. I... I watched them both. I watched all all but one. So, Cookie Man, this actually, I have not tried Korean fried chicken, but just to make Kathy more unhappy, sorry, Kathy, if I go the other direction, there's a Korean fusion place that has Korean fried chicken right right down the street. They're just not open now. They're closed. So, we used to have this pizza place in Ardo's that was, you know, about a five-minute walk from our house. Mm-hmm. But old man Donardo retired and sold up, and now it sucks. Kind of a tragedy. <laughs> we had a great ice cream place uh, near my old apartment, 
and the guy retired, and well, it's funny because it used to be he used to be a dentist, and he semi-retired and started doing ice cream, and then he retired, and now it's a dentist place again. Hey, Treasure, I'm at what convention? What convention? Crap. Reaper. Is it Reaper, Reaper stuff? Virtual oh, okay. Expo. <laughs> That's this weekend, Reaper Virtual Expo. All right. Well, uh, who wants to start? Um. I can... There's one that you and I are going to talk about. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with WandaVision. Um, More? I watched three-fourths of the last episode of WandaVision because it was on when Banyana was watching it. <laughs> so I watched the entire series. Um, the last three episodes, maybe last four, are really good. Um... It, my biggest issue is you see everything coming. You know what's going to happen. There was only one kind of big, what? Um, but everything else was pretty much the same. There wasn't really anything you knew what was going to happen. Yeah, I'm, yeah. No, I'm not going to spoil anything. Um, do what? Yeah, no spoilers. Yeah, yeah. We never, uh, it, they're not going to be, I mean, it was, there, nothing really surprised me. Um, you knew how it was going to happen. You knew it was going to happen. You knew the ending. There's two, by the way, uh, not a spoiler, but watch it till the end of the credits. Cause there's two end credits, uh, by the way. Um, but the last four episodes were great. The other four episodes beginning were kind of boring. Um, I didn't, didn't care for it. Um, so I'm giving it the meh, the two and a half space herpes meh. Um, it didn't do anything for me. Yeah, so I've been calling it arrogant, and I'll stick by that. Though uh, a movie reviewer who I follow on Twitter and have followed on YouTube for a bit actually said it was ballsy. And I agree, you could call it ballsy to start off with no hooks in the first couple episodes. I think that's a horrible, horrible mistake. You should have a hook early on in the first episode. Uh, to get people watching, so you don't get me going like, I'm just not going to watch sitcoms. I don't like sitcoms. Uh, They're rarely funny to me. Um, so I ejected quickly. I caught some bits of episode two. Eh? Some bits here or there. I caught a large, por large, large portion of episode seven, the previous one, where I was so confused. I'm like, that character looks familiar, but this doesn't look like it's WandaVision at all. It was her origin story. I'm sure Gonzo knows what I'm talking about now. Yep. And I was like, okay, that was fine if a little left turn for the series. And then I watched three-fourths last episode. And I'm like, okay. I followed everything that was going on. This, this is fine. I, I mean, I think overall, based on what my friends tell me, I think you could probably go up to a two-spaced herpes. But two and a half is really fair. I mean, hell, I didn't make it to the first episode. so. Yeah, it, it was very meh. Uh, until the last like three or four episodes, and then it was pretty decent. Um, yeah. But it was it, very predictable. Yeah, I mean, it's not the right kind of setup. I think I, I I kind of appreciate what they're doing, and if I don't like it, you know, the different style every episode. But that's not everyone's gonna like that. So yeah, uh, I agree with Russ. Also, I am more looking forward to Falcon and Winter Soldier. I am too. That'll be a good proper series. But like I, said, I give it overall just the man rating. Uh, you could probably skip to like episode 
do five, six, seven, and eight, or whatever. Do the last four episodes. And I've been told be four. Fine. Episode four, you can start with, and you get. It'll get you in. So, so. other than that, uh, Kathy, I know you got one amazing one. Which one is amazing? I don't know. You told me you had like. So um, you were watching, you're like, I can't laugh at your joke. I'm watching this. It's the fight scene. <laughs> oh, that was, that was uh, Goldeneye. That was James Bond. It was the first Pierce Brosnan James Bond. Yeah, and she was just being nice. She couldn't laugh at your joke because it wasn't funny. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I was just like, yeah. So they're messaging and, and I was watching the, the very last scene in Goldeneye where, where James Bond and Trevelyan are dangling down at the bottom of the uh, the stupid giant antenna thing, much like Luke Skywalker was dangling off of the cloud city of Bespin. And I was waiting for I'm the Millennium nice. Falcon to swoop down and rescue him. Instead, it was the lady with a helicopter. Um, but yeah, Ivana on the top. Yep, 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 yep. It was like a glorious return to the cheesy innuendos. Yeah, but not as slap you in the face as uh, Roger Moore was. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, it hit the right notes, especially Goldeneye. Holy moly. And and towards the end of the Roger Moore, they were getting away from some of the uh, the really cheesy, fun innuendos. And like you say, they were just... They were just hamming it up too much in other ways. But the cheesy innuendo thing was always something I liked. Go figure. <laughs> and uh, I was very happy. And I remember thinking that the first time I saw it in the theater. Mm-hmm. I was just, I was up because it had been a long time. And of course, I I had skipped over the Timothy Dalton ones. I never got a chance to see those back nope, then. Those was in the theater too. So it had been a long time since I had seen a Bond film, and I don't know if I had ever seen one up to then in the theater. So, yeah, I just I remember watching it in 1995 in the theater with my friends, and just giggling my my ass off as as you know a 12 year old who never grew up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. It's good and enjoyable. It's uh, it was everyone every it was everything everyone expected from Pierce Brosnan as Bond since he was the one of those guys like you got to make him Bond and they did. Mm-hmm. And the first one out, he definitely did not disappoint. Well, next time it is uh, the second one, and why can't I think of the name of it? The world John. is not enough. Yes. With That's Michelle Yeoh. So. And I remember almost nothing about that one. So that should be perfect. (laughs) I will not spoil anything for you then. I remember a good portion of it. So what do you, what do you give uh, Goldeneye? I think, have I, have I been giving them all like two? I think I've been giving them all like two because there's, they're cheesy. They're, bit dated obviously but i absolutely love them so mostly i'm happy the roger moore ones are done though because towards the end of the roger moore series i just (laughs) 
nostalgia tells me I need to give it a one because that's sort of what my brain's like. Oh, it's a one. That's a great movie. Like, yeah. oh, it, it was fun. It really was. Were there some cheesy parts? Of course. Were there ridiculous scenes? Of course. But it all felt more realistic. It didn't feel just goofy at any point. I don't think. I felt like. Uh... Like maybe there was so much time in between James Bond. Uh, was it 1988 that the last Timothy Dalton one was? And then 1995 for the Pierce Brosnan yeah. one? God, seven years is a long stay for Bond. Yeah. So I'm thinking because because of all of the stuff that was going on in that area of the world at the time in the in 1990... 8990, you know, Glass Nuts, The Wall Coming Down, uh, Boris Yeltsin, mm-hmm. all the things that were going on there. They kind of didn't know what to do. The Cold War was over. They didn't know quite what to do with him, maybe. So yep. they had to kind of figure that out in addition to other other things that I'm sure... If I ever read anything on the internet about it, I would know. <laughs> so Which... Russ wants to know what your favorite Bond cheesy such funny moment is. Uh, off the top of my head, it'd have to be something with Q because he had such great moments and he delivered them so deadpan. I think probably from one of the uh, Timothy Dalton ones, it would be the Ghetto Blaster, which is like a boombox with a rocket launcher in it. And wow. I, I just... My instant recall of things like that is rubbish. So uh, I would actually have to. A lot, so. I'd have to think about that like homework to to formulate an answer because that stuff doesn't stay at the front of my brain. I mean, Gonzo barely doesn't have a moment. Gonzo doesn't watch James Bond. You know, I, I, I'm kind of like Kathy. It's like. When it happens, I'm like, cool, but bringing it out right now, because I do remember the Ghetto Blaster. Um, <laughs> but... It still makes me laugh. Yeah. And I know the scene that Russ is talking about, Dalton with the white cello case. If I went through all my conversations with my friend who I watch these with, like, we just, we sync, we sync it up, the movie, and we both watching and commenting <laughs> while we watch. I suppose if I went through all my conversations, then I would have an answer for sure. <laughs> Probably. Um, John, what's yours that you got right why, now? Why, why don't you keep going? Because I'm just going to chime in on yours because uh, you took my other one too. Okay. Um, so one of the things that I did, I'm going to go with another one before we get into that one. I uh, started watching, actually, let's not do the watching one because I'm almost done with Stargate. I'll wait for that. Uh, this week on the PlayStation Network, uh, one of the free games was Final Fantasy VII Remake. Which, as anything, the original Final Fantasy VII was an amazing game. Great, loved it, so on and so forth. I, I think it's uh, one of the best ones. It's one of the ones I remember as a child. Uh, I loved it completely. Um, so when it came out on free, because I didn't buy it when it came out, I was like, okay, I'll play it. You know, I'm not expecting the same type of thing. But I'm playing it, and the game is about 30 hours long. Not bad. Not bad for a game. I mean, it's free, so I'm not really complaining. 
Until I find out that 15 hours of it is cutscenes. Oh, that's disappointing. I'm like, so it's really only 15 to 20 hours of gameplay, but fifteen, roughly 15 hours of cutscenes. And I'm like, holy crap, really? That many hours of cutscenes? So I'm just like, that's just, that's outrageous to me. A hundred, uh, fifteen hours of cutscene is crazy. Um, so kind of, I'm pretty much fast forwarding through the cutscenes. Um, that no, fifteen hours of a thirty minute so, or thirty hour game is so is too much. Multiple things with this Gonzo. First off, this is the Hobbit of games. They're splitting it into multiples because they know they yeah. can and. It is probably a little more story than one game nowadays. Yeah. And honestly, that is what people want. This is not a game for game's sake for everyone. You got to have a game and you got to have nostalgia for those who just want the nostalgia. Yeah. And lots of cutscenes is going to do it. So, I mean, I know where they're going. I mean, I said I agree with it. I mean, I'm not going to play it necessarily, but it is what it is. Yeah. It just, it's too. I spend more. I'm walking through a door, cutscene. I fight one guy, cutscene. I walk through another door, cutscene. I fight two guys cutscene. I'm just like, they're just too many cutscenes. Now, I wouldn't have a you problem if it was like, right? I wouldn't have a problem if it was a cutscene, like after a major event, a big story plot, but it's like cutscene every single thing I do something. I'm just like, holy fuck, just let me play the game. If I wanted to watch a game, I would have made it, I would, I would go watch the 15 hour, you know, cutscene that people have spliced together. Uh, it was, uh, I was just, I was just frustrated with it. So pretty much I'm, I'm, I'm skipping the cutscenes cause I'll just pick up on the story some other time. Uh, I want to play the game right now. So, uh, downer, too much cutscene. Combat is pretty simple too. Uh, the combat is mash square as soon as you can, as much as you can or hold square down. Um, oh, wait a minute. I've got a limit. Hit X, go to limit, hit X. Oh, my uh, summoning power is up. Hit X, let the summoning power go. There's very, there's not much to the combat. Uh, it's not very I hard. Mean, there never was really much to the combat. There's not much choice because I don't, I can't really control the other characters that much. I would be, because I'm pushing square so much. On one character. Oh, I'm going to switch to the other character because they've got the limit break. Okay, there we go. Okay, I'm going to push this character. Okay. But, I mean, it's 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 a one... It's a two-button game for yeah. the most part. Uh, and not much choice in combat, in my opinion. Is it gorgeous? Fuck yes. Is it incredible graphics beyond belief? Fuck yes. It is really, 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 really nice. Um, I'll finish it out because I'm, I'm about six hours in. So I've only got like, you know, about eight hours left, <laughs> give or take. So wait on that. Um, John, let's go with yours since we're kind of doing it together. I mean, Kathy's got one more. Oh, Kathy, go for it. Sorry. I apologize. I do. I do. I, yesterday I watched Beer Fest. <laughs> Remember your analogy about it. And, uh, and that was, I laughed a lot during it. Was it a good movie? Not really. It was so funny. Das Boot, yes. 
Das Boot. So I was watching it with a friend of mine who's German. <laughs> and he was laughing his ass off too. And we were both going, Das Boot, Das Boot, of course, because, you know, that's what you do while you're watching that movie. And, and, but it's ridiculous. And, uh, so my theory for those who have seen it and Banyan obviously has is that, so it's about these two American guys who are of German heritage, uh, whose grandparents, you know, immigrated to America and, and they go to Munich for during Oktoberfest. Uh, but but it's not about Oktoberfest. Um, but it is about beer. <laughs> so anyway, so there's there's this whole German aspect to it. And and there's there's, you know, all these Germans and of course they're evil Germans. And I always joke with my German friend about evil Germans and the stereotype. And uh and there's of course the Americans. And it seemed to me like it was actually Germans who were writing all of the stuff about the American parts and Americans who were writing all the stuff about the German parts. And they were both doing uh, like the worst stereotypes because the Americans were all like the worst stereotypes you might have about Americans. And the German parts, of course, were all the worst silly stereotypes. You know, they're all wearing lederhosen and, and uh, you know, those those crazy little hats and and everything and uh but he did my friend did say that there was one one shot of Oktoberfest where it's a zoomed out shot of like just the overall area with the tents and all the people where it actually was what Oktoberfest was like he's like he's like do Americans really see Germans this way then he asked me about eating contests, and I said, I've never actually seen a real eating contest. I've only ever seen them in movies. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it was a, there was a whole lot of crazy uh, stereotypes, but, but overall, the whole thing was hilarious. And, and funny enough that my friend who's German, and he had watched it with his German friends, you know, back when it came out, and they all thought it was funny. So, wasn't any anything to be offensive, you know? It was it was funny and ridiculous and stupid. <laughs> I would give it uh, three space herpes, but partly that's because it's almost a drinking game. Just watching it. <laughs> Yeah, Banyan says too. Not not a good movie, but funny as hell. Yes. Okay. That is, yeah. <laughs> and German approved. Yep. Russ says was talking about Russian and Serbian stereotypes earlier with Jason from Slow Fuse. Does that involve tracksuits? <laughs> you know, when I was in Russia, most of the black marketeers that I met were wearing tracksuits. So... Make of that what you will. Oh, yeah. So, John. Yes. We, you, watched one episode. Yes. I got 
maybe four episodes in, three or four, I can't remember. Episodes in. And we were actually kind of, I was actually kind of looking forward to it because it looked pretty neat. Uh, we are talking about Pacific Rim, what is it, Black? The Black. The Black. Um, it is a Netflix anime. Uh, came out this week, I think on Thursday or so. And of course, it's kaijus and, you know, Jaegers type thing. I can't tell you that Cookie Man is, but remind remember, I actually don't hate Pacific Rim 2. I thought it was a fun romp, though not even remotely as good as the first one. Correct. Um, this is... This has so been done before. Yeah. This is like the plot to half of the Japanese giant robot animes out there in the universe. Yeah. It is very YA as it follows a young, you know, young adult uh, brother and sister. Mm-hmm. And it's it's literally nothing that you haven't seen before. That's and true. The portions are some of them are cool, but it gets really dumb. The okay, one thing I will say: the animation is very good. Uh, very high animation, absolutely. Very, the very horse, good. Very good. Yeah, it's it, it's very good. It, I mean, it's just, it's just been done. Yeah, and yeah. the third time a kaiju sneaks up on a Jaeger, I was like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" <laughs> like once or twice. Oh, cool. After the first one, though, you're fucking heading the swivel. Let, let... Ay, ay, ay. <clears throat> And some of the action, like, it's meant to look cool, but if uh, the second Pacific Rim kind of shit on physics once or twice, this just takes a giant steaming poo on physics bigger than that. It's some really bad stuff. And I hear it gets better at the end, but I am don't watch enough stuff. I don't have time to watch stuff that where I can, like, watch three or four mediocre episodes. Yeah. It... Like I said, the animation is really good. Uh, everything like that is fine. Voice acting is fine. But the story of we're young adults trying to find whatever ever and brings no, all the tropes. And find our parents. Our parents wandered off after saving us, and now we're going to go find them because help hasn't come. Like 15 years later. <laughs> five. Or five, five. I know. Five years later. Yeah. And the Jaeger and Kaiju fights don't really They don't satisfy you on the same no. way as even the same way even Pacific Rim two did. Yeah. And that didn't satisfy you like Pacific Rim one did, so hmm. Yeah, it <laughs> So it Russ, just doesn't part, go anywhere. Yeah, Russ, that, that part about the tracking that's explained in there, but still after a certain point you're like, come on. Yeah, it, it really is not. I watched, I think it was three or four episodes in, and I was hoping for it to get better because some people have said it gets better the more you go into it. I'm just like, no. They said that about the Clone Wars. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so I would say you may like it. If you like young adult stuff, and some people just do, cool. You'll probably enjoy it more than Gonzo and I did. Yeah. Um, But it's... It also doesn't feel like they actually even play lip service to what happened in the second Pacific Rim movie, which, again, some people don't like, but I don't think it was terrible. It's a good two, two and a half space herpy, you know, giant robot romp. 
Yeah, it, it, it could have done a whole lot better in the giant robot romping, beating up, because that's what I want to see more of, but yeah, and, it's not. And anime, you're just like, I've seen this before. Like, yeah. like some of you people maybe haven't. Maybe some of you guys have never seen a giant robot anime. Cool. Here's a good introduction, but it's one of those things, you've done seen it before at this point in your life. Yeah, I was not. I was not completely thrilled with it. Uh, will no. I watch the rest of them? Uh, maybe, but I've got a lot of other things I'd rather watch too. So um, I'm not going to give it a rating because it's just I didn't finish the whole thing. But I mean, if I give it a rating based on the first episode, two and a half, meh. Yeah, yeah, it, it would be a meh if I said there really wasn't much to it. So. Other than that, guys, it's really about all the episode for the day. Um, we are actually going to be sending y'all to the Pyro Club uh, because they're doing their Harlan's Heroes and so their Monster of the Week campaign. So y'all can watch that. Uh, make sure when you go over there, give them a follow, give them a shout out, rate them, send a whole bunch of emotes at them, freak them out, make them uh, wish that you know we would send more stuff to them. Um, guys, we really, really, really appreciate y'all coming here and watching and listening to us, either here or everything else. Uh, that we do. We appreciate it a lot. Um, don't forget, uh, subscribe to our podcast uh, episodes so you can listen to all the RPGs that we have on there, um, which is quite a few. I think it's like four now um, that you can listen to. And um, guys, don't forget, on Monday, John is going to be streaming MechWarrior Online, uh, where he's going to be blowing up a bunch of shit and hopefully not dying. And don't forget, Kathy will be streaming Tuesday through Friday. From three to five, uh, painting up some awesome miniatures and 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 Fridays, Pulp Fiction Friday, and we are in the middle of our second Conan the Sumerian adventure, The Hour of the Dragon, by Robert E. Howard, and I'm I'm reading that out loud. So come in and and give it a listen and uh, throw some crazy riffs in the chat. Uh, John, what time are you streaming again? Is it uh, seven to ten Eastern Standard Time? Yeah. Uh, and do not throw any more channel points into making me fix my camera again. It probably is broken and will stay that way forever. You should probably throw in channel points into making Kathy read another chapter or John drinking water. False. You can always uh, <laughs> eliminate that that channel point challenge. <laughs> as much as I know that that Captain Izzy like that. No, it's too fun. much of a hassle for you to fix it. No, that was actually a uh, software update problem that had that happened. Otherwise, <laughs> not was oh, not okay. a that okay. wasn't cuz all I got to do to fix my camera is just clicking on it and right click and See, that's what I was thinking. Do this and go that and then go no, that doesn't look right. And then just transform it and flip it again. Ah, my eyes. <laughs> So, guys, we appreciate y'all a lot from the dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm Kathy. And stick around for the Pyro Club. <laughs> Raiden coming. Make raid. Sure hit that raid. Hit that raid. <laughs> Go and take it. Make three, sure two, one. Send them.